You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. And welcome to Ring Post Radio, the only show that reviews wrestling all in one week. Or not all of wrestling in one week. It reviews the past weeks and the futures of... You know, we're the only show that does it hosted by us. So that's the only thing that matters for you to know. I am Ryan Eitze. uh, And with me, as always, is Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how are you doing, my friend? Great. I accidentally punched my microphone during the introduction. So that was awesome. That's Uh, perfectly fine. You slept, yeah, you slept uh, well last night, correct? Oh, uh, yeah. I slept on a recliner for like five straight hours. Woke up at like 6 a.m. today. Was lost. Was like, okay, well, I need to go to bed. Try to, you know, fix my sleep here. Um, and I didn't. So I'm here. And I am tired. And I am going to give you the best wrestling takes I have at 9 a.m. in the morning following a night of sleeping on a recliner. Jesus Christ! What were you doing on a recliner? Were you what were you watching that that, that um, required so, recliner? So I was actually on my laptop. Uh, my mom was watching TV, and well, she fell asleep on the couch. Um, and I was done with my computer, and I was just very tired, so I kind of fell asleep while I was holding it. Um, and I was like, you know what? I'll probably only sleep here for an hour max. It's okay. Little did I know, five hours later, I slept the whole time right through, and uh, it wasn't great. So <laughs> so today today will be an interesting day of trying to, I don't, I don't know, just, just move on with the show. We don't need to hear about <laughs> me anymore. I, you know, I, I, you hate to sleep on a recliner. I was telling, we were talking about it before, that I feel like recliners are um the perfect furniture item that is oh i could totally this is so comfortable i can totally sleep in this and then by the time you actually sleep in it it's the worst uh livable experience uh, or not livable like well sleepable experience uh ever um, it was terrible yeah i don't think i've ever slept in a recliner i try well i have the issue where i'm six five and i can't sleep anywhere that's comfortable so uh, i well that's interesting uh hmm. wow yeah, my height is the most interesting thing we'll talk about today. It's been a light week in wrestling, I think. It has been. I think it's been a very light week. We still got some topics to talk about. Um, we should probably talk more about like next week's dynamite. Oh, wait, <laughs> let's just else. let's just hype hype a dynamite every week. Well, that's a really good episode of dynamite, man. Can we talk Not about lying. Can we talk about last week's last week's episode of dynamite where Jungle Boy lost again? Yeah. <laughs> well, he, uh, lost, he lost to um, our show's mascot, so it's okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, but we got a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about still. Um, we're going to talk about um, IATSE, which is a film and television union, uh, voted on Friday whether or not they're going to authorize a strike. Uh, so we're going to talk about that's effect on wrestling. When he says we, we mean him. And I'm just going to be like, hi. Okay. Continue. You're going to be, you're going to be like the audience that like, I'll have to like, 
to answer uh, all the questions. You, I'll give you the oohs and ahs. Please. Don't, don't you worry. Ooh. The, the oohs, ahs, the questions uh, of the matter. And if I'm at, and if I'm talking too technical, you'll allow me to explain it like I'm five or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll ask you to dumb it down. Don't, yeah. worry. don't you worry. Um, but that uh, could have a huge impact on wrestling. Uh, so we'll talk about <laughs> that when that gets I gets to it. She did there. Impact. Funny. Uh, we're also going to uh-huh. give our thoughts about the G1 Climax up to day eight. You know, just oh, we're grading. We're grading. Going to be graded. Like my favorite thing we do. Grading the grade one, um, and then of course we're going to kick off the show with everyone's favorite pay per view that took place. That I don't even like. It happened last week, Scotty, and I barely remember it. Extreme Rules. WWE's. Oh, Extreme I can't Rules forget it, my friend. Well, there was a draft, so I guess I am starting to forget it. But yeah, it was. Uh... Oh boy. Oh boy. I think this is going to be like my third time reviewing it in some form. So this is going to be great. Just great. Thoughts on the draft. How do you feel about the draft this year? Um, uh, so the draft is always a good idea on the surface because like, yeah, we get to shake up rosters and yada, yada, yada. And we get to bring up NXT people, which, you know, hasn't happened for like four years. Uh, but um, you know, based off one night of like what they did in the draft and like actually giving SmackDown the first pick for the first time ever, I was like, you know, this could have been worse. I don't mind the shakeup. Does that mean um someone started rebooking these shows and that they're just instantly gonna get better? No, that does not. That's not at all what this means. But I like the idea of shaking up rosters, and if the draft is the way you want to do it, you get you get a little spike in your ratings, you know, it, that's what TV's for. Do whatever the hell you want. That's what I'm at. I watch it. I'm like, Oh, look. Yeah. You got Charlotte. You poor soul. Awesome. <laughs> like that's, that's about where I'm at now. Like I, Roman Reigns got picked first. I was Spoiler so frustrated about that. <laughs> when Roman Reigns got picked first. Yeah. But I was just, it was just like the, the opening pick of the draft is Roman Reigns is staying on SmackDown. It's like, Oh, cool. So, well, I did like, not it, want him to go to raw. So there was like a whole thing of me being like, well, so this is how they do it every other year where they have raw pick first because of the weird, like you get three picks to SmackDowns too, because you have a bigger roster. Yeah. And I was just sitting there like, okay, so how are you going to have them be the first pick? and not pick Roman Reigns. Because usually they do it no matter what. And this time they were like, okay, we're going to give SmackDown the first pick, which they didn't announce or say anything about. They were just like, all right, we're drafting. Uh, so I was happy that, like, Roman Reigns stayed because I just uh, – Raw's bad. Like, Raw's extra bad. So just, like, push that over there. Uh, but, yeah, I agree with you. That, like, <laughs> the first two picks were like, oh, Nothing happened. Awesome. <laughs> it, it just, it, that's what I mean. That's what my frustration comes from is that it's, it doesn't kick off with a bang. It kicks off with like a wet fart of an opening. Like, yeah, of course, in kayfabe, Roman Reigns is probably the first guy anyone want to draft. Yeah. It's like drafting like Tom Brady or something. Uh, exactly. Well, ironically, even though he wasn't drafted first. Um, but uh, it, it's like, it's just like, okay, you know, like yeah. they should have started off of Raw because then we would have had Big E officially become a Raw guy, but whatever. I don't want to. It, it's a big thing for me of like, the, this is the complete opposite of like a draft in sports. Like, I don't care about the first round. <laughs> Get to the other stuff because that's where 
like things actually happen. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. It's because like you know they did Charlotte and Bianca switching. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, they called up Hit Row, which you know I some I saw some people predict, and I was like, what? You actually thought this was gonna happen? I was like, I never thought for a second that Hit Row was gonna make it to the main roster as a unit. I'm sorry, I just never saw it happening, and that's because of who runs the uh you know promotion uh which is just but whatever i'm not talking about the draft anymore just let's get to extreme rules let's get to the pain let's get to the pain and dean it was an extreme night for wwe as every match uh as per typical every match was under extreme rules what's that hold on i'm getting a message no only one match only one match was covered mm-hmm. by the extreme rules Okay, my apologies. Oh, but one match was a triple threat. Did they have uh, uh, weapons in there? No. Okay. Well, then, then never mind. Um, extreme rules. Uh, mixed reactions about extreme rules. Uh, seen online. Um, wh- overall, what did you think about the show? I felt that the show had some solid wrestling, uh, but dumb booking and dumb WWE ness throughout. So that's exactly the way to explain it, because there was. There was like, what are there? Six, seven matches. Uh, out of the out of those matches, I felt like five at least gave you solid, good wrestling. But it didn't matter in the end because there was just too much, blech, too much blech, just that that ended up ruining what I thought was a solid night for the wrestlers. And I think I think that's the way I start I've started going into these WWE pay-per-views is can it be a solid night for the wrestlers? Can they, you know, just do what they're supposed to do and wrestle good matches? Because, you know, they have people people like to forget, like they still have, you know, top talent. Like when it comes to comparing their talent to any other promotion, except for like, you know, it's weird to compare to some, but they have from top to bottom the most talent in the world. They just are able to do that. Yeah. So letting them just going out and doing that rather than, you know, overbooking the crap out of them is almost always the better option, which, you know, until the last two matches, which I thought the second to last match was maybe the best, whatever. They had two messy finishes to close out the night that just, you can only do one of those without, you know, getting repercussions. Now you did two. It's just WWE at its finest. Well, let's get to the main event of the night. We'll start off <laughs> with the main event here. I'm going to trick you every time I do this. Starting off with the main event was the Universal Title Extreme Rules match. This, of course, was Roman Reigns defending his Universal Title against the Demon Finn Balor, the Demon straight out of some sort of Mad Maxian realm. Uh, with a spike helmet, um, match. I like the uh, look of the demon the, going into the it. The demon always looks good. The yeah. demon always looks good. Um, His paint was not wearing off. It was actually really weird. Yeah, they got they, <laughs> found, like, they found some new paint formula or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the match uh, takes place. A lot of violent stuff that happens. It goes to the outside. Roman Reigns puts on a mask. I really enjoyed that sh- uh, safety precaution. Yeah, I popped for that. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, this, my guy. 
I love that's that. my that's my tribal chief. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's my tribal chief. Um, but uh, uh, so they go to the outside. Uh, more fighting takes place out there. They eventually come back inside. A lot of uh, brawling and chair shots and spears through the barricade. Uh, then at the end, you get the lights turn red. Everyone thinks it's the fiend. Um, but then there's the f- demon heartbeat. The demon mm. pops up, uh, just goes on the run of a century. Looks like he's about to like. It, I I felt that like oh maybe he's about to win the title. Me too. Me too. Uh, I think everyone felt that way on the internet as well. Uh, the rope breaks. The turnbuckle <laughs> breaks. He falls to the floor like an idiot, and Roman just pins him one two three. Doesn't do anything. Just pins. <laughs> yeah, him. he had a spear. He had a spear. Oh, did he hit a spear? Oh, yeah, whatever. He yeah, hit a spear. Not that it mattered. One two. Not, but even not not his uh, no. punch or anything. You know, just nah, the, just, just the spear. spear dead gone. Secondary finisher. Uh, <laughs> signature move. Just uh, spears them. One two three. He's pinned. That's it. That's the match. Deus Ex Machina reigns this, in this, this match. This was the ultimate like WWE main event double booking of ridiculousness because listen listen we we got to go back to him you know rising up as the demon like that first off was the ridiculous part and the way they did it i was actually kind of like okay this is kind of cool because they were playing his music while he's beating the shit out of roman i was like you know this is kind of cool it's idiotic and stupid as hell Mm -hmm. but uh, you know i can get over that i guess and then they did the rope break and i was like this is the this you just you somehow overbooked the overbooking and that is only an accomplishment WWE can do. Uh, I thought I enjoyed the match up until the, um, you know, the uh, moving like a fish on the ground. <laughs> uh, like up until then, I was like, oh, this is, this has been fine. You know, they've been beating the crap out of each other, which is really in a WWE extreme rules match. That's really all you can ask for is just to, you know, beat the life out of each other. And I thought, uh, I thought they did a good job at that. I thought the spear through the barricade was pretty solid. Um, and I thought these two had good chemistry. But in the end, it didn't really matter because we had to cut the rope out from Finn. And I was like, that's kind of, you know, a dangerous spot because you can't really protect yourself at all. And, I mean, he's probably fine. But what a just what a ridiculously gross overbooking and I was like, oh, look, the Fiend's back. Awesome. Great. In the end, the Fiend's back because we have to overbook the shit out of it to make it lose. And that, and it's not even like the demon is treated like the Fiend. That's my whole thing. Like, the Fiend used to be like he would get up from every finisher ever. The, the demon has never been like that. He wasn't even like that in this match, yet they had to act like they... It was just terrible. Yeah. Terrible I- it wet fart. I mean, I already mentioned it yeah. before. Wet fart of an ending is what that is. Uh, the mat, like you said, the match was good up to that point. I was enjoying myself. Uh, most of these matches, I was like actually enjoying. It was just the come the booking stuff that was like, well, why are we doing this? Yeah. Um, but this match I thought was fairly That's good. Uh, you know, classic brawl WWE. Demon looks good. I actually really liked the. I mean, I didn't like the sell of the p- floundering fish on the floor by Finn. <laughs> A lot of F's in that sentence. Um, but I, I like 
mm-hmm. I I don't like using this word because of what 2020 was, but it was a very cinematic moment. It was. And, you know, having the swelling music behind made me really, like, emotionally attached to it. Like, oh, shit, something's about yeah. to happen. And then, it was like, like an action movie. Yeah, yeah. And then, or even like a horror movie, like, it was... At the same time, yeah. Yeah, it was... <laughs> It definitely had a cinematic quality to it, which is what I think they were going for. But then having that happen to the demon, one, you know, Finn Balor says he's going to NXT because the demon got too much and he needs to refocus and make Finn Balor cool. He does that. He goes to the main roster. Uh, He has like three matches and the third match is a universal title match that he loses. Then he becomes the demon. Uh, Then he has this match and the demon has this cool spot that then gets destroyed uh, by some deus ex machina BS. So, is Finn Balor cooler? Maybe. Is the demon cooler? Right now, no. The demon looks like a <laughs> scrub, scrub Magoo over there. Um, Which I honestly wouldn't be shocked if like he was okay with that, strictly so they just were like, yeah, we'll never use the demon again. He'll be like, okay, that no, that's exactly what I want. Fine by you. me. Yeah, I don't, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It, they just mid-carded this guy so bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just frustrating to watch that. It, it was frustrating to watch the the music swelling and that being the result. It just was like... Oh, uh, we what can't, is that? Wait, why, oh, on. man. I, I just, I just uh, got a graphic you know, coming in a couple months. It says uh, Prince Devitt is all elite. When does it? Let me look up. Let me see if we have any news about his contract. Let's, Not soon enough. <laughs> let's, just, let's just head on over to the old fightful.com resource he, he probably, page. He probably checked uh, following this match. He's probably like, ah, oh, shit, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> my, I should double check this. A lot of people are just. I say just, he's all elite, but like, would I be shocked if he went back to Japan? Not even remotely. I mean, they're touring now, so I don't, I won't blame them. They also they're... probably miss him. I mean, yeah, I, I imagine they would give him big money. And they'd be like, yes, you can be a heavyweight. Uh, let's see. Injury report. Contract dates. That's what I want. Contract dates. Do we know anything about Balor? Command F. No, not found. Not on this list. Okay, we don't know anything about Finn Balor. I have no idea when his date is over. Uh, they, Johnny Gargano's date is apparently up late 2021. Um. Oh, wait, we already knew about that. Yeah, we knew that. Anyways, Extreme Rules, baby. That was the only Extreme Rules thing. I think they did a good job of it being extreme, but went far of an ending. You know, WWE, like, when they do these stupid-themed pay-per-views, they usually do too many of these types of matches. Mm -hmm. So this time, when they only did one, I was like, hmm, weird. Yeah, how did you feel about that? Because I feel like everyone, every year, complains that, like, you know, we should only be you should only be doing these sort of stipulations when the storyline right. calls for it. This year, maybe the triple threat calls for it. Uh, maybe I don't. Maybe the demon bit calls for it too. But like, yeah, not many storylines called for an extreme rules match, and they only gave you one. So I felt like, you know, they gave the people what they wanted, and then the people are like, well, "Then why are you calling it extreme rules? It needs to be something I, else." I I'm just always against the idea of having a themed pay-per-view mm-hmm. like i think that just is useless and if you want to add a stipulation to a match you shouldn't have to wait to hell in a cell to have a hell in a cell match and so like so i 
I didn't mind them having one match because I didn't need to see, you know, Damian Priest versus Sheamus in a chairs match. Like, no one needed to see that. I thought those three had a really good match without having to have some stupid stipulation. Yeah. Um, I understand, like, people wanting more stips because that just adds to matches. But, you know, I thought we got pretty good wrestling without, you know, ridiculous stipulations that probably would have ruined the match. So I, I have always been on the side of less is more. And I thought, you know, despite the ending, it worked out for this pay-per-view. Becky Lynch defended and retained, well, not even retained, uh, her title against Bianca Belair. No the match, contest. Match ended in a no contest. Can you believe it? Can you believe it, Scotty? I think I might be more upset about this ending than the other. Because the other, I was like, yeah, this this is just exactly what I should have expected because the demon's alive. Yeah. This ending, I was like, you know, you were having a great match. I really enjoyed this match. I thought Becky and Bianca worked actually very well together. And I thought they were gonna they were doing the great moment of Bianca picking her up out of the disarmor into the KOD just for Sasha to ruin it. And I was like, why? Just why? Why do you have to always do this? And this was before I even knew what we were going to get at the main event. <laughs> and I understood it because, like, you want to keep both protected and Sasha needs to re-enter herself into the match and yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, I was like, but you didn't, you didn't need to go so extra. You really did not. And now, you know, with the draft... I think there's only one person here that can win the belt unless they do the double switch, um, which they still which, can. We still got yeah. Monday night raw to find out, which is gross. Uh, I hate when they switch the titles because they're different colors, mm-hmm. um, but whatever. Uh, I liked the match, hated the ending, kind of forgot Sasha was person for a while there. Cause she just kind of disappeared. We no one really knew why kind of know why, but, that is not my information to share. So, yeah. Yeah, the Bianca Belair uh, about to win it. Sasha Banks runs out, beats up Bianca Belair. Then uh, there seems to be some sort of thing between Lin- uh, Becky Lynch and Sasha, but doesn't matter. Sasha Banks beats up Becky Lynch as well, lays out, lays out both of them, and leaves. So we get the return of Sasha Banks, which I think is exciting. I don't know, you know, we could, you know, use a Sasha Banks. That's always exciting to have Sasha in here. Um, I miss Bailey. I miss Bailey. I miss Bailey as well. <laughs> I, and I feel like, I don't know, it, uh, this match, it, you kind of have to talk about this match in terms of also the draft because Bianca goes to Raw. We're going to get this match triple threat at Crown Jewel. Um, so I really that, liked when Becky did the thumbs up. I thought that was hysterical. The, the, <laughs> hey, hey, we're all good here, right? Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, it's a it's a draft match in a sense. You yeah. like because uh, for those who don't know, the draft doesn't go into effect until after Crown Jewel because we have to be ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and the match there, of course, the triple threat. And Bianca's already been drafted to Raw. So unless 
Um, they are planning to just, you know, be like Becky and Charlotte switch titles because I'm, I'm thinking Becky goes to raw, which means Seth goes to raw, um, you know, cause they're not going to keep them apart. Um, and edge is going to raw so you can continue that storyline. Yay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. I can't, I can't get myself to, you know, necessarily care what they do. They'll figure it out. I'm sure. Maybe not. Maybe they'll just have both titles on SmackDown. Maybe they're just like, you know what, USA, you don't need a woman's title. Who's even on your roster? They could be like, we have Bianca. And they could be like, ah, shit, we'll make another title. It'll be the universal women's title. And then they'll have three women's titles. And then they'll do a unifying match at uh, um, uh, something. Survivor Series? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll unify all three. They unify the Universal Women's title, the SmackDown, and the Raw Women's title, which are both on SmackDown. And what's that? A run-in from NXT from Raquel Gonzalez? We're unifying all four women's titles? Let's let's do it. You just ruined my brilliant idea with Raquel Gonzalez. How dare you? Oh, my God. How dare you? Except I did just create a third women's title, so I don't think you ruined anything. I think I just fell off the wagon there. All right, moving on. Moving on to the next match, which was Damian Priest, Jeff Hardy, and Sheamus defending their titles. Not defending their titles. Damian Priest defending his title in the United States triple threat match. That, I think this match was very good. I, th- I honestly thought this match was very good. I think all three men went out there and uh, killed it as best they can. Um, you know, we're making Damian Priest look very solid. He's consistently looked good. Sheamus has looked great. And I think Jeff Hardy held it in his own here. I thought Jeff Hardy did a good job. If you were wondering who could be as over as Adam Cole, for some reason, it's Jeff Hardy after not wrestling for like seven years. So this man, all this man needs is no more words as his theme song and face paint to just be over more than anyone else on the show, because that's exactly what happened. He's not over as, as over as Adam Cole. That was just, you know, the running joke on the show. But he's very over still. And I honestly thought for a few minutes there, I was like, oh, my God, are they going to, you know, just do the switch and please the crowd? Of course, I was wrong. Uh, but Jeff Hardy did get drafted to SmackDown, so there's hope that he's on the good brand now. Um, Maybe. <laughs> um, who knows? We didn't finish the draft. But uh, I agree. Very good match. Sheamus is like one of my favorites actually to watch in WWE because he hits people very hard and never really holds back, which is not something you could say about a ton of WWE wrestlers. Um, and yeah, Damian Priest is uh, having a good little reign. I'm happy. You know, it, we all complain about like, oh, this NXT star is not going to you know get the right push, but they were giving Damian Priest the push. So and it's because it's for him. the push that they're giving Damian Priest isn't like a you know world title push. It is, you know, we gave him a solid push. We we like what we see, so we're gonna put him in this tag match with Bad Bunny, so they get a lot of eyes on this guy. Um, then we're going to move him into the mid card picture, make him U.S. champion. You know, he has the title for a bit, and then you know we just start building him up to eventually be a challenger for the world title. I mean, he's going to get there at some point yeah i think he's you know he could do it um mm-hmm. i don't know if he's i don't i think it's you know it's hard to tell if you know who's going to get what titles when because <laughs> it, a lot of times who knows uh a lot of times who knows and it doesn't matter in their props uh but 
I think he can eventually be a world champion in this company, and I think it's just a matter of time when we get there. Who knows when he will what will happen when we get there? But I would like to see him battling the bo- likes of Bobby Lashley and uh, Big E. So maybe like two years down the line, we'll see what happens. I think he's like a, he's like a good Money in the Bank Royal Rumble winner. I think. Interesting. I don't know about this, you know, this year, or the yeah, next yeah. one, but two years, three years from now, I think he would be a good Rumble winner. Who would have thought Punishment Martinez would have made it this far? Not me, that's for sure. But uh, again, good for him. Um, I'm with you. I I think he could definitely get into the world title picture. He'll probably have a world title match maybe within the next year, depending on how this run goes. Uh, I think it's clear that that United States title is going to be down to – either way, I think there's one man that's getting set up to be a mid-card champion, and it's the Bearcat. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, good for Damian Priest. Good match. Yeah, they, a nice that would be a nice mid-card title feud a little bit to have Damian Priest versus Keith Lee. I think. You yeah, know, now they're going to draft him to SmackDown, and now we're going to get Bearcat killing uh, Shinsuke. Well, no, did did Keith Lee go to SmackDown? I don't remember. Got, no, Keith Lee got drafted to Raw, so I'm thinking Damian Priest is going to go to SmackDown to ruin our plans of Damian Priest versus the Bearcat. But that would mean they have to swap Nakamura and Damian yeah. Priest. Well, it's something they like to do because unless they switch the women's titles, which they, you know, are on track to be doing. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll they, typi- see. they typically swap one set of titles every draft. Well, well, they've set it up that Becky Lynch is going to be the first pick Monday. It's just a matter of who's drafting first. I'm guessing it'll be Raw. Because so, it's a Raw show, that would also make sense. Yeah, yeah. but uh, Bearcat. I think this match also, by the way, was the probably the best match on the show. I was going to say that. Yes, agreed. Uh, speaking of great matches, Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss. Um, for the Raw Moving on. Show. All right. Can I say one thing before we move on from this match? Well, this is this is half your show, half my show, so of course you can. Props department or <laughs> somebody. Look, here's the thing. Special effects unit, or it'd probably be art. I don't know who. I mean, I'm in film, so I should know this thing. It's probably special effects, I guess. Whoever it is. You give Alexa Bliss a tablet so that she's foaming at the mouth. But no one is here thinking that, like, we should have maybe water in the corner that, like, she can... She's just sweated a bunch. Her mouth is probably dry as hell. And we're going to do a thing where she has to put something in her mouth to salivate enough to dissolve a tablet. That is a huge-ass tablet, by the way. Mm. Cut it in half. Give her Mm. some water. You know... Wet up that mouth. <laughs> Don't cut that out. Wet up that mouth. And, you know, because the image that they obviously wanted to have was her salivating at the mouth, which is a fucking insane image to do. But to have her salivate at the mouth, foam at the mouth while this is happening. And people are like, oh my God, what's happening? But really, it's just like now she's just screaming and upset, which which babies her a little bit more. Um, so that that's what would happen. No matter what, apparently Alexa Bliss is going on vacation. Uh, so we're gonna see her for a bit. She's getting surgery. Is that what it is? Either way, she's gonna. We're not gonna so. see her for a while. Yeah, I, I hope. I hope it's surgery because the fact that it's vacation, I was like, she didn't wrestle for a long while. I was still a big fan of whoever whoever tweeted it out, like draft Alexa Bliss to SmackDown and say 
wow, Alexa, you're back to normal. What happened? And she just says it was a case of the Mondays. Like, I think that's like the easiest way to just null and void all of this lily shit because it, it makes no sense, but it works and it's gone. One, uh, yeah, I actually vacation. think the better idea would be to draft uh, Alexa Bliss to SmackDown and draft, say lily. and draft lily to Raw. I think that would be the best, the best uh, option. You're going to say it. You <laughs> know, then, maybe we'll just release lily. Maybe we just release lily. Like we released The Fiend. That's right. Lily on AEW Dark this Tuesday. Listen, listen. Who doesn't show up on AEW Dark nowadays? That's true. That's true. But yeah, the match was, uh, it happened. And uh, I, I, um, I, I don't care. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't really enjoy Charlotte title matches unless they are against specific people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't usually enjoy alexa bliss matches especially now that she's the the fiend the, the fiendess yeah yeah I, don't, I really don't enjoy her matches as those though she this was the first time i think in my match rating she didn't get a zero match so i thought this match was good I, I, I thought for what it was, it was good. It was just a lot of for what it was isms. That I watch a lot of women's wrestling. This was not it. <laughs> oh, I get that. I'm saying it was good for WWE. I, you know, I'm not saying that compared to Stardom or compared to AEW or compared to any other company that has women's wrestling. Uh, it's not even close. But for WWE, I thought it was good. I think the problem with Alexa Bliss and Charlotte Flair is that they don't have great chemistry together. And I think a lot of that has to do right now with you know, Alexa bliss fiend character. I, Cause it's all, it's all story. It's all story. And that's all it is. And I get it. We're telling stories here, but Alexa bliss is not Alexa bliss has never been like a worker Mm -hmm. per se. And Charlotte flair isn't necessarily a worker, but Charlotte flair can be like, you know, sloppy. Sometimes it actually makes her look better. Yeah. Um, well, it's very funny, by the way. What, what is it? <laughs> Being a sloppy wrestler makes her look better, but I totally agree. I mean, <laughs> you know, you look at the Charlotte, the Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks matches, and it's like yeah. a lot of those like insane Hurricane Ranas that just look like death because it they weren't done great, <laughs> but they just you know they just look like looked awful. Well, that's it, like her moonsault yeah. back in the day. It used to be yeah. perfect, and now it's terrible because she like tries to protect herself. Which I understand you want to protect yourself, but like landing on your feet and then falling forward ain't it? Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's the WWE stuff of, and I get it. You know, we're gonna be wrestling a lot, so we want to be safe when we do these things. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying yeah, but that Jeff Hardy still hits the swanton at the age of like 43 in every match. Like that poor guy. And that was it. This match that he got need. When he landed on, uh, maybe that was on Raw or something. But I don't remember. he did a swanton. That was on Raw. He did a swanton to Sheamus, and Sheamus put up the knees, and Jeff bounced, like his back bounced off. And I was like, "Dude, why are we doing this to this poor guy? Like he is. I don't know how old he is. I think he's forty two, forty three. I believe he's the same exact age as AJ Styles. Sick. Awesome. Oh yeah, because they were doing the thing the other day of like. Oh, this is this. Maybe Damian Priest could be as good as Jeff Hardy someday. And they looked at the age, and Jeff Hardy's like three years older than him, which is very funny. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, why are I, we still talking about this? <laughs> <laughs> moving right along? We got Jimmy and Jay Uso defending their SmackDown tag team titles 
against uh, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford. The Usos pick up the victory. A lot of this match obviously having to do with uh, Montez Ford's ribs uh, being beaten down on uh, the previous Friday Night SmackDown when he faced Roman Reigns. Uh, So a lot of that having to do with attacking Montez Ford. Uh, and it was that double superfly spa- splash on Ford at the end there to retain the titles. Uh, thoughts on this match, Scotty? Um, I enjoy Montez Ford. I, I'm still hoping on Monday he's drafted alone, which is so mean of me, I guess, to Angelo Dawkins. But I think Montez Ford has, you know, star written all over him. He could talk. He can wrestle. He jumps out of the building every time he does that damn frog splash for people people love. I think he's a very easy person to get behind. And uh, I don't know. I think you don't have a necessary window yet because he's still very young. It's not like he's up there in age. Like we just talked about Damian Priest is like 39 and getting his push. But I think he's like 34, maybe. Uh, 31. Oh. Yeah, plenty well, of time. You, well, then you have plenty of time. But I think Montez Ford is a star, and I think you should push him as that star. I think he looked good in this match. Um, again, no offense to Angela Dawkins. I just it was really all about Ford's ribs. Sold it well. Um, I liked his like little Hulk up at the end where he didn't care about the ribs. He jumped over the turnbuckle, like he oh, yeah. jumped over the ring post, which was absurd, and I think we've been seeing that a lot lately in wrestling, which is very weird, but also great, like that's how much athleticism wrestling has right now mm-hmm. uh, but he's awesome the Usos did fine, Angelo Dawkins is good at, you know, being the big man of the tag team, it was fine match I, I my fear of breaking that team up is the, everyone talking about breaking the team up is because it would be good for Montez Ford, presumably in his future singles career. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm concerned for Dawkins. I feel like we might get an Otis Tucker situation where that's he, exactly what we would get. He, you know, uh, Dawkins gets drafted the raw and then he can fight for the 24 seven title. And you know, that's, that's exactly what he would do. So I, and then, you know, nine months from now, I'll get released. That's why I say sorry to Angelo Dawkins every time I bring it up because I just know that they will ruin the poor guy. Yeah, Mike, I, and I'm sh- he's they're all both of these guys are smart guys. They're both smart dudes. Dawkins must be knowing that like, hey, if we split up, I have to do something. I have to figure something. Not to figure something out. He has it. It's just like you know, he has to make sure that he is out there and doing things. I'm always so shocked when like wrestlers are shocked that WWE breaks up a tag team. And I'm like, dude, you, you have to know, like your other half is clearly going to be taken away and turned into something like that was with with the Otis and Tucker thing. I thought it was way too early to break them up. Uh, But at the same time, I was like, you knew they were already favoring Otis. Otis had a singles run as a tag team. So like, to me, I was just sitting there like, I feel like you have to have in the back of your mind always a plan as a single star. If you want to make it, you have to have a couple plans because that's how this promotion runs. It's always been like that. They've always been willing to just break up tag teams out of nowhere. They literally, well, not that this matters to me. I think this is better off for both, uh, but they broke up uh Dijakovic and uh, Mace mm-hmm. T-Bar T-Bar mm-hmm. they just did that on the uh, whatever on the draft and, 
Yeah. And I'm, I, and I sat there and I was like, well, this makes so much more sense than keeping them as a tag team because uh, no offense to Mace, I think he can be a, you know, good, solid, big guy in the mid car if they really wanted him to. I think he'll be a little in trouble. But Dijakovic is just, if you make him what he was in NXT, you have a mid car star instantly. Like, I feel like when they miscasted him for retribution, it still doesn't make sense to me because. Dijak- I, I always enjoyed Dijakovic matches in NXT. I don't know about you, but dude's got the athleticism. I don't think he's like a terrible promo, and you don't even have to have him talk that much. So whatever. I I don't even know how I got here. I'm not gonna lie to you. I yeah no. I think uh, you have to know what company you're in. This company does not. You know this company has a tag team division. But the end result of the tag team division, the the tag team division's purpose in WWE is to, uh, one, have storylines of of can they coexist, two, distract um, like main eventers or mid-cards or whatever uh, from the title picture for a bit and go off and do something else, Um, and three figure out who can be the big star between these two and get behind them and push them. Mm, it's yeah. basically, it is a, um, um, uh, incubation chamber is what tag teams are. They're basically, we're just going to put two things here. We'll let them go out, wrestle, get more experience under them belts. And then we'll see how they go. And see that's what a good doing. comparison. Mm-hmm. They did that with the Usos, like accidentally, they got Jay Uso over to a point where, you could put him in a main event of SmackDown and no one would complain, but actually look forward to it. And then they put him back into yeah. the tag team full time. So yeah, that's a good call by you. Oh, I'm, I'm chock full of good calls. That's what the show is about is me and you giving the best correct takes out there. Um, speaking about correct takes, Can't deny that. Uh, the new day taken on uh, in a surprise match. I don't believe this was announced before the show. Uh, New Day, Big E, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods defending, not defending anything, but defeating AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley and Omos, six-man tag team match, 18 minutes and 13 seconds. Um, is really a, a three-on-two match because I believe Omos was in this match for all of one minute uh, and it was well, mostly just Bobby Lashley <laughs> and AJ Styles. Well, there's a reason for that. One, Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles are good. Second, Omos is not. Third, yeah, see this, three reasons. Uh, Almost is not good. (laughs) It was the same reason twice. But uh, I thought this was, you know, a good opener. This is the type of opener you want to get the crowd hot. The New Day is never the wrong choice, ever. They always are able to, you know, get people into it. And, you know, AJ Styles is still AJ Styles. He's not the AJ Styles of five years ago, but... He's still far more capable than a lot of, you know, wrestlers that you can watch on a day-to-day basis and other promotions. So take that for what you will. Bobby Lashley has been on a great run too. And I've enjoyed his intensity without the title. Um, Good tag match. Good opener. There you go. Yeah. Good, solid, hot opener for the show. Uh, You know, nothing too bad about this, you know. Bobby Lashley just was great. Bobby Lashley has like a new gear and intensity without having that title because he's out for revenge, as it were. 
Obviously, this match was originally going to be Bobby Lashley versus Randy Orton for the title, and then maybe that would have been the cash-in. I think that was potentially the idea there. Um, and then, then go into the draft, and then they draft. It's been a messy like yeah. way they've had. Because as Andrew Zarian of the Map Men podcast said that Big E was always set to originally cash in on the draft date, which was originally at the beginning of September. Mm-hmm. And then they wanted to make sure he still cashed in. So I think that actually more than anything is why they moved up that match because I, I don't know. I think they wanted to get that cash in on TV no matter what. Yeah. And it worked out. It You know, it, yeah. he's champion and he's getting over more and more as the days go on, which I wasn't worried about with him. I mean, New Day after all these years are still you know probably top merch sellers most popular so bless those three for doing what they've done in a in a uh, company that doesn't usually allow that to happen and of course the kickoff show Liv morgan defeats carmella did you watch this match i did i actually went back and watched it because for some reason i always think Liv morgan can give me a decent match which she actually did she's actually you know out of all the women in uh, WWE, Liv Morgan's actually done a lot to improve because she used to not be very good. And I always credit her with that. And, of course, I think uh, working with Ruby, you know, probably helped a lot. She probably learned a lot from Ruby Riot. Uh, now Ruby Soho singing song. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, but, yeah, Liv Morgan's good. Carmella wasn't embarrassing. Uh, I think Carmella's actually, like, serviceable when it's not about like the ridiculousness of her character. So yeah, fine, fine. Uh, fine. What the hell is it called? Kickoff kickoff, kickoff match. Now I'm going to, now I'm going to let you, you know, get into your explanation of the thing that I don't know what it's called because this is, you know, this is your part of the show. I was here to cry about Finn Balor. You're here to actually tell like real things that happen in the real world. You don't want my takes on my my hot takes on the Carmella match and her hot takes on her new. Wait, mask. did you watch it? Of course, I did watch it. I did watch oh, it, I, and I saw pictures. I saw pictures of that mask, the glitter mask. That it was looks... funny because the joke was, "Now you can't make me ugly." I was like, "Don't worry, you did with that mask." <laughs> <laughs> what What was the storyline? Did I miss it? Did they hit her um, nose or something? I don't even remember. Like was Liv it Morgan? Yeah, Liv Morgan like tries to hit her face to make her ugly or something, and there was never like a complete goal for Liv Morgan to hit her face, but for some reason Carmelo made it that way. Yeah, don't, don't ask questions. It, it feels just... like it feels like Liv Morgan is not a part of this story, except the story is happening around her by Carmelo. <laughs> like it's just. They, I will say that they have like a weird case here where they have a woman getting over. By barely still being on TV, which is Liv Morgan. Like, people want to see her win, yeah. and I think she deserves that title reign someday. I, I still do think that. Uh, but you know what? I'm just going to sit back and listen to you now because this is now the Ryan Knightsey podcast about things which are helpful, and I've never been helpful. So, boop, 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 boop. oh no, you are, you are extremely helpful, Scotty. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, he did. He literally just left the frame. He's he's dead. He deflated like some sort of uh, inflatable man. Uh, that would only make sense. Um, but Scotty, if you are still, did, I didn't even. I was looking away from the screen. I don't, are you actually still gone? Or you, did he walk away? 
I wasn't even paying attention. Oh no, he's still there. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God, I'm not alone. No, <laughs> your, but, how far? Where is your can? How far down are you? Where? What is I've happening? Sunk in, I've sunken <clears throat> into my chair, and I. I <clears throat> you need to stop asking me questions because I'm I'm stuck. So just just go. Okay. Well, I wanted to talk here because uh, it this is a news story that uh, no one talks about. And Scotty, of course, if you have any questions or need to dumb it down, please let me know. Uh, but this is a news story that no one's really talking about. And one of the big reasons why no one's talking about it is mostly because all the mainstream uh, companies are owned by the studios. Um, so they're not going to talk about it. Um, but IATSE, which is the huge, you may have heard of it, uh, is the huge film and television program for all of the union workers. There are a couple other unions. Uh, SAG is for uh, actors, or SAG-AFTRA is really what's called. Uh, WGA, um, Writers Guild of America. You may remember their 07 strike. Um, that's how we got the birth of reality shows. Uh, we got the DGA for the directors, and we got the Teamsters for transportation people, the truckers. Um, so what is happening right now is, or has what, ha- what has been happening for a while, is that IATSE has agreements with studios, which are represented by a a group called AMPTP. I like to remember it as Amp Toilet Paper. Basically, they had an agreement that uh, to work and had all these rules and whatnot. Um, you know that studios will pay this much for this rate and meal penalties and overtime for all these specific things. Um, and they had this agreement. It's, they've they've had this agreement forever. Well, that agreement ran out uh, at the end of July. That agreement ran out at the end of July, at the end of July 31st. Since then, they, uh, IATSE and Amp Toilet Paper have been in agreement, uh, have been in this negotiations the entire time. Um, but negotiations have run south. Um, Scotty, these neg- negotiations have been about um, basically... So I'm in, I work in the film business, Scotty. You know this. I do. Uh, uh, you're still away from the frame, and it's so jarring. Uh, you literally removed yourself from the podcast. Um, basically, what the negotiations are and what they're falling through is, is that a lot of union members have realized, from honestly, from the pandemic and having all the time off for six months, is we all realized what life is like. Scotty, do you, do you let me ask you a question, Scotty? Can you please return to the podcast with me? Hello. What you you work correct? Like we all do. You work. Finally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many how many hours a week do you work typically? You know, forty or so, give or take. Is forty hours a lot? Do you think? What do you, would you would you prefer? Would you prefer like a lot of other people in the world? They want to get less forty hours, make it a four day work week or something. I mean, that would be great, but you know, it is what it is. Um, the reason I bring that up and for reference is that I, I know someone, by the way, that works in works for Netflix. So all of this is very interesting to me as you go on. Yes, I I work uh, on a TV show called Legacies. It's a CW TV show. Uh, Jesse, my girlfriend, works. Is currently we've talked about this before. She currently works on a Marvel movie, and that's all I can say about it. <laughs> There's a red dot already on my forehead. <laughs> um, 
But so we both work in obviously union shows. Net, the friend you know works in Netflix. If they're working on a Netflix production, it's a union production, obviously. Yeah. But that actually works. The Netflix discussion will work later. So basically, Scotty. That's me. F- film hours are 60 hour work weeks. That's not good. <laughs> That's I, not it. <laughs> I work 12 hours a day, five days a week. And uh, I work in the office. So there's people on set that if we go over, they go into overtime, which can make it 13, 14, 15 hour work weeks. You work 12 hours a day? Yes, I work 12 hours. Well, I'm in the office. So really, I work 10 hour days. Uh, but that's because my spe- I'm, suppo- I'm supposed to be working 12, but my office is like, hey, you can work 10. Um, oh, my God. If you're on set, you're working 12 hour days. And if you go in overtime, you're working. <laughs> 14, 15 hour days, making those 60 hour work weeks into 70 hour work weeks, 80 hour work weeks. I worked on a show. Uh, this is one of my first productions I ever worked on. It was a non union production in DC um, where I, on average, it was 14 hour work days. Oh, no. And, That's more than half the day. <laughs> and the first day of production was. I think it was 16 hours and the last day of production was 22 hours. Uh, it was snowing and they did not author any of us to uh, like houses to sleep in or hotels to sleep in like they're supposed to. Uh, instead, they're just like, hey, drive home. Your 20 hour, 22 hour work day. Drive home now. I came home and the sun was up. You just say tw- 22 hour work. Oh, my God. That's just not legal. It's 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 shouldn't be it shouldn't be and the part of the issue part of the big issue about these agreements why the negotiations are falling through is that the unions realize and all these members of the unions realize I want to have a life now I would like to have a life again because people drive home and fall asleep at the wheel people get in accidents these things happen um, and a lot of the reasons these things happen is that originally overtime and meal penalties and all these things Scotty. We're supposed to be deterrents for studios to not yeah. to not go over. Now studios are making so much money uh-huh. that it is actually cheaper to go into overtime than to extend the shoot schedule by a couple days, weeks, or whatever. That makes sense. No offense to you guys, but like that does make sense to yeah. do that instead because like renting out. Okay, well, that sucks for you guys. <laughs> I, I, so I work in accounting on legacies, and we have one uh, one person, one person that's a steady cam operator. It's those guys who are watching Raw or SmackDown. They're the guys holding this, like, the camera, not on the shoulders, but they have, like, a whole, like, rig on their system that is, like, holding the camera straight or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that guy. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking up your show that you're talking about. Sure. Continue. Legacies is like the sequel of us of the sequel of Vampire Diaries. That's very funny. Um, yeah, uh, but I work in accounting. He, this guy, obviously gets a paycheck every week. He also, for his Steadicam rig, has three packages for him. This Just the, the, this, the Ryan Knightsy show. Exactly guys. right. The Legacy Look show. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Look at it. Um, he, so Scotty, he has three packages and a paycheck. One of those packages is just for a steady cam for the entire run of this show, Legacies, for the, the season we're filming. That person will be making on that one steady cam package $98,000. Oh 
on top of two wow. other packages and all these things. So what I'm saying is his check is probably is cheaper than his entire run of show package. Probably, I assume. I haven't. I don't know his pay. I don't know what his pay rate is. Um. So what I'm saying is it's it's cheaper for studios to actually go into overtime and work these people to the bones. And everyone's had enough of it. And Ayatsi uh, has had enough of it. And they want um, better days. Another thing they want, you talked about your friend working on Netflix, is that uh, Netflix, um, uh, Hulu, Amazon Prime, these are all considered new digital, new media productions. Uh, because they're on streaming surface streaming services, not TV or movies or anything. Um, those streaming services, uh, they negotiated when they first started out uh, to have they were able to have the base rate for all, every all the crew to be lower than everyone else, mm-hmm. just because they needed to start up these streaming services. Uh, that happened what fifteen years ago, and they have not changed whatsoever. So now not they great. now IOC wants the streaming services rates to be increased as well. So everyone, um, basically, we all want time in our lives. We want uh, to be paid better. Uh, so you're going to be the reason I have to pay more for Netflix. Potentially, if if they if Netflix. Oh my, that's fine. To, to, and that, that, <laughs> the, but that's also what this conversation is about. Is that I want to? What I'm trying to do first is explain why this is important. Why the strike is happening. Why it's necessary. Um, because people want to have a life i'm i'm with jesse i'm with a girl my girlfriend eventually you know we want to get married eventually want to have children we have no clue when we would be able to have a kid if we're both working in film we have no time no time whatsoever she's on set so like she would be pregnant i'm not pregnant but she would be pregnant uh and are you sure i don't know we will have to find <laughs> out but like we will have no time she will have to yeah. take off so much work to to be pregnant. Yeah. That's to to be, yes. That's that is correct. That is how that works. Um that's uh a lot. But you didn't have to dumb it down for me because I got it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um I understand oh man. I mean it's bad. when when you hear the side of like people that work there and you you know you aren't like say me who you know works works a, not in that industry mm-hmm. and doesn't fully get that when you hear their side I feel like the, um, you know, addition of like two three dollars to your monthly subscription is something people can get over, mm-hmm. uh, because like working anywhere that's over ten hours is just way way too much. Because I know a lot of people like yeah, you know, I know like construction workers and working ten plus hours isn't something foreign to a lot of fields. Yeah, but my God, like you shouldn't have to do that every single day mm-hmm. and you shouldn't have to you know working 12 hours that doesn't include the driving there correct driving back correct eating and yeah then you have can, to sleep can i describe to you can i describe to you i want to give you her Je- day i want to give you jesse's work day because hers mm-hmm. is worse way worse than mine right because she's on yep mm-hmm. that makes sense she uh, so the stu- the studio where she has to go is an hour's drive. Um, okay. So she wakes up 4.45 a.m. Oh, my God. Gets ready, eats breakfast, if she can, uh, and tries to leave out the door at 6. Um, she then drives an hour to work, works 11 and a half, 12 hours. 
She typically gets cut 11 and a half, uh, but 12 hours. Uh, so this is now like 6.30-ish. You right? Or 6.30? Yeah. 7.30. It's uh, 11 and a half hours. You don't count lunch. Uh, oh, okay. So 6.30-ish. I think. Yeah, sure. I think. So, no, it's 11.30 because she got there at 7. Uh, Wait a minute. Either way, uh, either way. She, so 6.30, yes. So either way, she gets off work. She drives home another hour, gets home typically at like 7.30 p.m. Uh, she starts making dinner. I get home. I usually join her on dinner or whatever we're trying to do. We eat in, you know, dinner can take, you know, 30, 45 minutes, hour, whatever. Um, we have to order, by the way, we order uh, meal prep. We we order those meal prep things, boxes, so that we don't have to decide on the food. We can just have all the food ready to go and make it. Makes um, sense. So she starts making that. I come home. I either help her or I watch Dynamite. Uh, then uh, we eat dinner while we watch, like, an episode of television. Um, we do whatever, like, one thing chore we can do in the house. Uh, and then she has to be at bed at 9 p.m. So she has like an hour and a half home to make cook dinner, eat dinner, do something else, and go to bed. And then she w- does it again the next day, 4.45. And then she goes to bed at 9 so that she can get a reasonable hour of sleep. She doesn't have to choose, choose that, but she does, which I obviously love, love that um, because we all need sleep. Um, so that is her day, every single day for five days a week for eight more months. Oh my god! Yeah, the reason I'm talking about all this stuff is again I want to <sighs> stress the importance of why this strike is happening, what the importance of it is. People want to get paid better. People want to have better hours, see their life. They want they they typically right now it's an eight hour turnaround. They're fighting for a ten hour turnaround, which is the eight hours off, including an hour back and forth to drive. Um, so they want, you know, extended hours and that typically means the workday will probably shift to 12 to 10 to 10 hour days. Um, they want better pay. Um, they, there's a couple other things that they want. Um, money is definitely part of it, but it's the time. That's obviously the bigger thing. Um, uh, meal penalties as well. That goes into overtime. The meal penalties used to be a deterrent. They're no longer a deterrent. It's way cheaper to, you know, meal penalties. Scotty is basically like. We have we work six hours and then we have lunch. If we go into that lunch time and uh, and the uh, crew believes that we should have been able to hit the time, it's mostly the production's fault that we're not yeah. hitting the time. Meal penalties start accruing. Um, it's a couple, you know, for the entire crew, it's a couple hundred dollars if that happens. Um, oh my god! It's uh, what is it? It's uh, it's eight dollars and fifty cents for the first half hour without a meal. Eleven for the second. Thirteen fifty for an each hour and a half after that. Round up the entire crew. That's a couple hundred dollars for however much. Uh, that's way cheaper. It's way cheaper to do that than uh than uh, do that stuff. Uh, so IOTC cannot come to agreement with Amp Toilet Paper about this. So they off they decided that we are going to potentially go on a strike. Um. They on Friday, October first, IATSE members voted on three things, and I'll get to those three things, Scotty, and why they are important. Uh, they basically, their IATSE members are voting to authorize a strike. If there is a seventy-five percent yes, then a strike has been authorized by the members, and they and IATSE can now strike if they so choose. There will be some fourth quarter negotiations. Uh, but if those fall through too, we'll get a strike. 
This is uh -huh. huge. It's huge. Ietsy has never striked before. We have never striked before. And we're talking about who is going to strike. Let's talk about who is going to strike real quick. A lot of these unions that are potentially striking are LA-based unions. However, there are three unions, Scotty, that are national unions. They are IATSE 800. That is the art department. Those are the people that build the sets. That's construction. Build the sets, dress the sets, uh, buy all the props, uh, do all the stuff. Basically, they get make the whole thing happen. IATSE 700. Those are the editors. If they strike, post-production stops completely. No one can edit anything. And of course, so we have the people that make the sets. If they strike, no more sets are being made. We have the people who uh, I, that will edit the, the movies and television and all that stuff. If they strike, no one's going to be editing anything. Nothing new will come out uh, unless it's already finished. And uh, finally, IOTSI 600 which is the camera department. Uh, if they strike, nothing will be filmed. So we have three national unions that are all potentially striking. Um, so it's a huge, not good. huge thing. Basically, well, if good you, for you guys, but not good. <laughs> yeah, and that's the reason I want to stress like why we're striking is because for people like you, Scotty, people who may be listening to the show, people who are everyday know-abouts or whatever, this will have an effect. Things will stop. It's going to be like COVID again, where entertainment will come to a screeching halt. The thing about COVID is that people are still able to film stuff. Now no one would be filming anything. Everything comes to a stop. And, oh, when I, and when we go into its effect on wrestling, for a while there, broadcast, sports broadcast, uh, reality, not reality shows, but like television stuff, live you know uh, news programs uh, were not affected that's a, a different agreement it's a, called a videotape agreement uh, that um, basically it's a whole they have separate agreements for all the stuff with amp toilet paper but basically Monday Night Raw AEW WWE not affected that negotiation that agreement uh, between IATSE and amp toilet paper ended September 30th and it was part of the voting process, one of the three things they were voting on on Friday. So union members were voting on Friday whether or not to strike for that videotape agreement. If that strike, if that agreement um, gets 75% yes votes and they decide to strike, then sports broadcast is affected, live television is affected, or news programs are affected. Obviously, if they vote on the other agreement, 75% yes, television, movies, all this stuff is affected. Everything comes to a screeching halt. This is the new thing I found out today, is that sports broadcast is a part of this vote. Oh, boy. WWE, AEW, presumably, they have union members. I know people in the past who have worked on AEW and WWE, uh, respectively. Um, they are part of the union, these these people that worked on the show. Uh, and because they're part of the national broad, you know, not, not national broadcast, but part of USA, part of TNT, these are more than likely union productions. Um, oh boy. So with this video, videotape agreement on the board, if a strike happens, filming's done. WWE could hire, um, non-union workers, but you know, they don't necessarily want to hire people right out of college. So that's not a great move. 
They could hire um, union workers who aren't striking but are stand or who are not standing in solidarity, because because you know I'm I'm not in the union. I'm in a union position, but I'm in you know I'm I'm in standing in solidarity because you know these are all hugely important things. I've been there as a PA where it says right. I don't like seeing Jesse work these hours. I want her to have a life, honestly. So I'm in solidarity with them. So if, if people cross the picket line and want to work for WWE, uh, then they're crossing the picket line, and that's not going to look good for them. Um, obviously, they don't. Nothing necessarily bad will happen, but you know your union's going to be mad at you if you worked. Yeah. So everything will stop. One person I was talking to online said that like WWE could have individual agreements with IATSE, which I. Don't know if that will ever happen. I that has never happened. Obviously, a strike has never happened, so that would be a precedent that would have to be set. Um, I don't think it would happen, honestly. But uh, legitimately, the fact that I found that today that the videotape agreement is a part of this means that before members, the filming, you know, the camera guys on WWE could just be standing in solidarity and not working, but now it's potentially they could also be striking. These camera guys could actually be striking. For WWE. Oh boy. So if you thought COVID was bad and you were like, nothing will stop wrestling from COVID, unions will stop it. The strike will stop. Uh, if a strike happens, and I should be clear, should be clear, is this is not the union's fault. These are the studio's fault that this is the situation. This is not the union's fault. I'm saying that the strike is happening because the unions are striking, but this is the studio's fault for not agreeing to these terms, for not paying workers better. For abusing overtime and meal penalties, uh, for for you know for having these new di- digital media uh, deals that are extremely cheap and uh, are screwing over rates for other people, um, these are things the studios have done, and it is our last hand to strike. So it's very frightening. So the effect on wrestling is, if a strike goes through, Scotty. We might not have anything to talk about. That's that's the fear, and and of course, you know, we're gonna have your local indies and probably GCW because I doubt that's a union. <laughs> uh, any yeah. any any non-union um, productions will be fine. So we're gonna get a lot of fight GCW shows. Um, but it's yeah. this is a this is a huge news story that no one is talking about. And on Monday tomorrow. Uh, October 3rd, 4th? What day is it? October 4th. IATSE is going to reveal the results of the vote that happened on the 1st. Uh, like I said, if it's a 75% yes on all three of these agreements, then a strike has been authorized. Fourth quarter negotiations, if that falls through, then a strike will happen. So a strike may be happening in two, three weeks. Who knows? Depending on this. Oh, boy. Okay. So, Scotty, well. as someone who obviously does not know the as as i hope you now know the severity of this 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 thing how do you feel about everything these streaming services better fix their shit <laughs> that's that's how i'm feeling because there's going to be a lot of stuff missing that uh, i think a lot of people will you know, i i i think the strike is very smart in the sense that if everything stops and people don't get to you know see what they want to see that's how you know that's when the uh, uproar will begin like if i think the sports more than anything depending what's stopped there 
um, in terms of airing, that will uh, create a very big outcry. And I think uh, I understand the move. It's there. The and, strike, and to be clear, it's, you know, this sports broadcast, we're also talking about like NFL and, yeah, and all these other programs. It's going to rattle some people. Uh, that's like, that's, that's a lot of people to piss off. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, it's so, it's very smart to go on strike because without all these people, nothing gets done. So, and it should be said also that there's also a lot of other cool things about this is that SAG and WGA, DGA, Teamsters, those unions I've mentioned before, they're all part of solid, they're all standing in solidarity. They've all chosen to. The US government put out a statement and, uh, and they're siding with IATSE on this. Oh boy. So, uh, uh, these streaming services just gotta figure it out very quickly. Um, what the, uh, I should say, what the studio's perspective is is basically what they're betting on is that they are betting on the fact that the vote will not be able to reach the 75% yes margin because Mm -hmm. they are betting that um, union members do not want to voluntarily stop working after not working for six months because of the pandemic. That's what they're betting on. But my thing is, is like, well, also what we're betting on is time and what that pandemic showed us is that we can have a life. So it's frustrating. Uh, WGA stroke, strike, stroke, striked, uh, struck in 2007. You may remember that. Uh, if you're listening to this, you may remember that. That's a big strike that happened. All these, like, um, that's basically what started reality shows is that they don't need writers for reality shows. Um, the writers of WWE were not striking because they were all non-union uh, uh, and members hmm. of WWE itself. Um, so, yeah, there's a, it, there's a, really what it is is like that, that strike in 07 lasted 100 days, I think, which is, you know, three months. So a strike can happen like a day or two weeks or, you know, or three months, but yeah, there's no timetable. It's pretty much until people hopefully get what they yeah. are asking for, which you would, you would think with like the seriousness of like everything that stops, it wouldn't take as long as you'd hope. Like you would think people would be back to work in better conditions like you would hope that's way within the next two months like you you'd if the strike of course happens which i i'm assuming it does um you you would be hopeful that you know all these places realize hey let's uh let's get everything back going like we are gonna lose more money not doing this so yeah that makes all sense in the world i can't believe you wanted to try to fit that into last week's episode seeing it just took (laughs) up like a very big chunk but uh i think that's something a lot of people need to hear because uh you i can already hear you know depending what happens depending how um these companies you know have whatever however they handle it um you know there's always there's always solutions for like wrestling companies to broadcast um but at the same time there's a lot more than just camera work that goes into this so mm-hmm. be very interesting to uh do see but 
that was probably the most helpful thing we'll ever say on this podcast. So when I say we, I mean Ryan, and uh, I'll probably never have anything nearly as helpful. So you're welcome. <laughs> Don't bury yourself here, man. I gotta bury myself because it. I slept on. I slept on a uh, recliner. <laughs> I I just felt the need to talk about it because, like I said, no one is talking about this. No, it's good public awareness. And obviously, on Monday, uh, when we hear the results of the vote, it's going to be a bigger story if if you know they reach that strike agreement vote, oh, uh, yeah. strike authorization vote, I should say. So you'll hear. Hopefully, depending on how that goes, you'll hear a lot more votes on this. I definitely feel like we're going to get the votes on it just based on talking to other people. Everyone's kind of in agreement about this. I I really feel like the votes are going to happen. The broadcast, the videotape one is what I'm most worried about just, or most concerned of not reaching the margin Mm -hmm. uh, just because that just ended at the September 30th. Um, So people might, you know, be like that. It's fine. Um, Obviously, no matter what, the agreements need, still need to happen. It's just a matter of a strike happens, and a strike is going to be huge. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be huge. Uh, so just you know, be on the lookout for that one, folks. You know, I'm I'm telling you now. I'm I'm the I'm the silver surfer before Galactus shows up. I am the herald here. Uh, get ready because if a strike happens, probably two three weeks from now, everything stops. So. Get ready. I'll be out of a job for a bit, potentially. <laughs> Yikes. The only oh thing I should say, though, uh, the only things that will still be filming are HBO, Star, Showtime, and BET, but that's because they're a whole separate agreement. So those things will still be coming out and having things. So get I'm ready. Good. For well, HBO's elite. So yeah. that's good. I mean, that is some... a good point. I didn't think about that. Hold on. Hmm. They are all elite. But HBO is different than TNT. Is well, a, uh, HBO is a, correct. HBO it would is have a to be premium media thing. Yeah, it's a Warner Media thing, so they could be using the same people as HBO. You'd possibly think. I mean, I don't know. So, I hmm. I don't think it would. I think there would be two different things. I think it would be you, two different things. I don't know. Because <laughs> because HBO is a studio. HBO is a studio, part of a premium yeah. service. This isn't HBO Max; it's HBO. Right. Um, well, HBO and HBO Max are the same thing in terms of like they have the same content. But it, that is like think of that as a studio. Then you have TNT, yeah. you have TBS. All of it's part yeah. of Warner Media. And I should also say though that like you know they people can work on HBO and stuff. Any yeah. people can work on WWE if they still want to choose AEW if they still, still want to choose. All these people can still work, but if a strike happens, they'll be crossing the picket line, and or they can work non-union on a union position. I'm in the I'm in the tricky spot, Scotty, where I am working a union position on a union show, but I am non-union, so I can still Yikes. work. I can still work, and everything will be fine. The problem is, is that uh, the union, because I'm in a union position, the union's being notified of my working hours, even though I'm non-union or making any benefits from it. Yeah. Uh, so if I work during the strike, the union will be not- will be told about it. Uh, and then if I try, you know, try to join the union in January when I plan to, they'll be like, "Yeah, we love you having the union. We do have here that you worked two months during the strike, though. So yeah. <laughs> what's that about?" Um, yeah, no, I get why you would not. It's it, yeah, it's long term. 
It's yeah. just smart not to. At the end of the day, if it's a brotherhood, so you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a lot. <laughs> it, I don't want to put the fear in people, but be on the lookout on Monday. See how All it comes right, good, out. I'm good worried. News that, good news, everyone. There's more wrestling than just the ones on TV. <laughs> the good news is, is that the G1 climax will still be happening hey, nonetheless. There you go. So let's talk about the G1 climax here. Ooh, that was a heavy topic. It, it was. That was 40 minutes of me just listening, which is an accomplishment by you to get me to do that. <laughs> You're, yeah, I, I had a lot of thoughts. But no, well, it, well, I mean, I understand it. I mean, it, there's a lot of anger there. So, yeah, like, yeah. you got to let it all out. But it's also a lot of, it's a whole world that no one knows about. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's the behind the scenes that people don't appreciate. So I, I felt the need that like I need to explain it. And if you want more details uh, or uh, more stories about issues with IOTS or you know people with work on productions, go to ask in- Ryan, ask me <laughs> on Twitter, or go to in- the Instagram account IA underscore stories. It's a bunch of people who are not anonymously post their stories about working on unions productions and stuff. It, it is tragic to read. It's a bunch of stuff that is truly happens, and I've seen it. I've heard people about it. I've lived it. So I completely understand. And I want all, and I should also say, I want all of my flowers here. I'm working 12 hour days. I'm still running a podcast network. So I really should be getting all the flowers here for my, uh, for my, for my, so the G1 climax, (laughs) (laughs) G1 climax. So, uh, obviously another day happened this morning, but I don't want to talk about it just because I don't, you were sleeping on a recliner. Couldn't Um, even begin to tell you. What's the last show I watched? But I'm definitely close to caught up. I'm not caught up, but I'm close to caught up. I am caught up to, and we're going to talk about up to day eight. I'm completely. What's that like? Uh, I it's okay for me because I wake up, um, I wake up at like six thirty every morning. So excuse me, I hit the microphone. I wake up at six thirty every morning, so I can catch. Typically, all of the G1, maybe the main event, maybe not the main event, depending on, you know, timing of matches. So I've been able to stay along. I've been able to stay up with it, except for this morning. But that's what's has the point. Do you watch? No, never mind. Just go. Do I watch what? Nothing. Okay. Just, no, I'm not here. Day eight. <laughs> let's talk about up to it. So going through the block, let's do some quick grading. I just want to talk about it quick because we're running out of time here. Um, yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> Don't blame me. Uh, but no, let's... I think I'm blaming Extreme Rules, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, let's go up the leaderboard. So let's let's go actually go. Let's go down. Let's go down the leaderboard. So let's start start off with uh, what I have here, the red block. It might be the A block, I think. Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, at the top of the leaderboard as of day eight with eight points, beating Naito before he got injured. Shingo, Abushi, and Great Okan. Thoughts on Zack Sabre Jr.? A. A plus. Oh, no, I'll say A. I'll say A. I'll say A. I was thinking about A plus, but like we're only through so many matches. I think we need to get to. But that being said, I think he has had one of the most impressive, unexpected tournaments I've seen so far, like maybe ever. Because, yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. is a guy that. He he comes into these tournaments and he's always really good at being a spoiler type guy. Like he's going to give you a good match. He's going to be someone that they tell a story around because he's yeah. able to manipulate bodies and break them down. Yep. 
And of course, he injured Naito, which I I'm not gonna put full blame on him. You know, Naito's knees, as is, are just like bad. But they're glass. They're glass knees. What Saber Junior has been able to do is put together just this must see tournament so far. He is having the. He's he's not having the best top tier matches, but I think a lot of people aren't having the best top tier matches. Well, yeah, but well, you have to, he has the best drawn story into them. Best you're drawn story. into them every single outing, and I I don't know. He's making matches with like the Great Okan seem far more interesting than matches with like he's not going to put on a five star match. He's not going to do that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Just, I just don't think. He's no Brian Danielson. I don't think any situation in the block. I, I I get what you're saying. I don't think there's any situation in the block that he can do that. I just don't. I I don't see it. But his matches have been great, and I actually think everything that's come after the Naito injury has been like must see. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. I think the Naito in- injury, in a weird way, has elevated Saber a lot. Um. The hot take here, and I don't like saying it, but like the Naito injury has made this has made the entire block thrown into question, and mm-hmm. makes the entire thing more interesting. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's true. Um, I part of part of me wonders if it's legit just because it's wrestling. It probably is legit <laughs> just because of odds. But like the fact that it's like replace them, and then we can get like Hiromu and like all the juniors in here that. Naito has in the past been like, oh, I like one. I want the juniors in here. Like we can get all this other stuff and elevate other people this way. You know, it it makes it. And the fact that it was the first match, I don't know. There's there's yeah. those things. There's those things. But that's all. That's all. You know, tinfoil hat. Zack Saber Junior has been amazing. This thing. His his story has been great. Um, you're right. If he was going to have a five star match, it would have been with the likes of Naito, Shingo, Abushi. Uh, so it's not likely that he'll have one of these things. He could have one with Ishii or or uh, Kenta maybe, but probably not. Uh, but he's been doing a great job. Great Okan also has eight points. Uh, uh, he got a free point with Naito. He has beaten Tangaloa, Toru Yano, and Yajiro Takahashi, and he has lost to Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, a bunch mm. of easy points for Great Okan uh, here. B minus. I. Um... I'm gonna say B. Okay, so I haven't seen his match with um, Saber Jr. yet, which is easily one that I've seen as like the most highly regarded match, maybe of Okan's year. Uh, definitely, the, definitely said, the best match that he had up to day eight. Yeah. So that being said, I still think he's you know done what he's had to do, which is you know look dominant, and I think this is a tournament that they're using in a smart way for him uh-huh. of getting him to that next level that I personally have been hesitating on. And he's a, he's an interesting wrestler because he does some things that I'm really intrigued by. And then there's other things that I'm like, what am I watching? Uh, but good start. Good start with great. O'Connor. I think B, I don't think B minus is mean. I just think like, I haven't seen the Sabre junior match, which is why yeah. he probably would be at a B or B plus. If I have, you're grading him against Yano Takahashi Tangaloa. I don't blame. Hey, him. you you leave you Jarrell alone. <laughs> big, you leave Big Juice alone. Um, yeah, and I think also we'll really get to get the uh, the full scope of Great Okan when he faces the lights of Abushi, Kenta, yeah. Shingo, Ishii. 
Um, speaking of Shingo, next up, Shingo with six points here, uh, beating Ishii and Kenta and losing to Zack Sabre Jr. So if Sabre doesn't win the tournament, he can at least challenge Shingo Takagi for the title. So thoughts on Shingo? A, I think Shingo just does not stop. Like, yeah. he doesn't care. And I really enjoy... So this wasn't a G1 match, but it happened at a G1 show. I really enjoyed his match with Yuji Nagata. I thought that was, like... It didn't need to be good. It, it could have been a match that Shingo took his time off, essentially. Yeah. But they had a really good match. And, of course, the match with Ishii by my... Off the top of my head, still my favorite match of the tournament. But, again, I'm not fully caught up. Um, it's it was that, and then probably Okada and Tanahashi. Of just assuming, yeah. Um, I also really liked Shingo and Saber Junior. But yeah, man, Shingo's just he's on another level from all of these wrestlers, including the B Block. Like he just seems he can't have a bad match right now. Like yeah. if there is anything behind it. If there's a if it's just a singles match almost, he's having a great match. There was a few it was a few months ago that he had a match with like Master Watto that was actually like good. And yeah. I was like, what is happening? Like th- this dude just isn't missing. And I'm not saying Master Watto is bad. It's just like never was that a combo that I think would have worked. Um, but Shingo is having himself a run, and I'm excited to see how he closes this out. Shingo is having a run that we all thought Abushi was gonna have. Uh, in terms of like wrestling when he becomes the champion or whatnot. Yeah. I'm very upset that he didn't get to wrestle Naito, though. I will put that out there. Yeah. We, we got that taken away from us, but it'll happen. It'll happen someday. Happen. Uh, speaking about Ibushi, Ibushi also has six points. He's beat Yano and Ishii. That Yano match, I actually really enjoyed. Um, Wait, who? Who did you say? Uh, Kota Ibushi versus Yano. Oh, Kota Ibushi. I completely like my brain just shut down when you said <laughs> that. I heard Yano and I was like, oh. They I actually, miss? I, I, I love it. I like Yano matches when it's something when something new happens, something different. Oh, you happens. don't like the same thing every time? No, no, no. no I hate that shit. Uh, it's it's the the stuff that they do. Oh, in wait, the why do you like Tomohiro Ishii? Ah, ah! <laughs> Got him. <laughs> uh, which is funny because I just said he had my favorite match of the tournament so far. So burn on me. Anyways, Abushi <laughs> is six points. Beat Ishii and Yano. Uh, the the and then he has lost to Takahashi and Saber. Um, thoughts on Abushi? I think the right what now is. What a loser. It's really hard to tell if Abushi just because right now it's him telling a story. He's the story guy right now in this block. So He's I'm also gonna, trying to, you know, get back to full health. Yeah, I'm gonna say B. I haven't I haven't seen anything that I haven't that I thought was bad, but it's just like it's like it's it's like the Okada thing when he was like the balloon guy. It's just like, oh, we're telling a story I love here. The we're, not balloon guy. we're not gonna get I love stuff. balloon Okada. I miss that guy. I miss the guy before Balloon Okada too. Uh We'll get we'll get to cool yeah. five star Ibushi later. Yeah, uh, I I I think B is a good grade for Ibushi. Um, he's he's the type of guy that you you put on the match and you see that he's in it and you're excited instantly. Like that's the type of guy he is because you know what he can do. But him doing this story is very interesting. Um, I liked his loss to Yujiro. I thought that was an awesome uh, yeah. you know way to kick off the tournament. Um, but I'm I'm wondering where they're going with the Bushi. It's gonna be interesting. 
I totally agree. Uh, speaking of interesting, Toriano, uh, also six points. He has a win over Kenta and Tangaloa, and of course the three points from Naito. And he has lost to Ibushi and Great Okan. What a, I can't believe you're making me grade Toriano. That's like impossible. I'm going to say Without, C plus. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because like he doesn't have good matches, but he does entertain me still uh, after all this time of, you know, doing the same things. His match with Kenta was very funny because yeah. uh, Kenta likes to play back, which I think if you play back with him, it's good. Yes. Um, his I think it was ten, his match with Tangelo is atrocious, um, like painfully bad. Yeah. Um, it, it's the Ibushi and the Kenta matches, which I really enjoyed because that's not Toriano's fault. To be no, fair. yeah, but really, it's like you need someone else on to go against yeah. him who is also funny and knows how to do funny stuff. Yes, and Kenta exactly. and Ibushi, like you said, it's like improv. Uh, I'm gonna flounder on the stage if I'm by myself, but if if I have a partner with me who can keep the joke afloat, right? Then uh, Ibushi and Kenta are those good partners. Then you're salmon. Then you're then you're Sam. I don't know. You said flounder, so I was trying to make it something fishy. Then you're Finn Balor. Um, uh, <laughs> Kenta also has six points. Takahashi and Ishii is who he's beaten, and he's lost to Yano and Shingo. B. Uh, Kenta. I say B minus for me. Kenta is so interesting to me because, like, I want to enjoy everything he does at all times, like because he just has like something about him and i think he's very good still but he hasn't had the signature match yet like my off the top of my head from everything i've seen i've i think i've liked his match with yujiro more than i've liked maybe anything else which is not it's it's weird to say that because yujiro is not a you know work rate guy he's not at all but I don't know. Kenta's the weird one. I think B minus is fair too. I think B. I go. I'm just going with B because like I expect it to get better. Yeah, I, I think it's mostly because of who he's faced. So well, he's faced Ishii and Shingo. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, Yujiro Takahashi four points. Keep it moving. Uh, Yujiro has beaten Abushi. Obviously, that was this upset victory there, uh, and he has lost to Kenta and Great Okan. Yujiro. Be minus. Yujiro deserves some damn respect. He's actually doing very well for, you know, one of the lower guys in the block. We'll be saying it about the rest of the Bullet Club guys, but uh, they yeah. are showing up this tournament. They are. I actually, you know, what? I'm going to go with B for Yujiro. I think B minus is too mean. I've enjoyed two of his matches a lot, so I'm going to say B minus. Anyways, yeah. uh, Ishii, uh, he has beaten F. Just kidding. <laughs> god damn i was uh, gonna stay with the gimmick he, he has beaten tangaloa and he has lost to shingo abushi and kenta i'm gonna say what this loser I'm, I'm gonna say this the same thing when we get to goto but ishii oh, devastating if you want to talk about legitimately though ishii this tournament to me is ishii is starting to it's we're starting to turn into the dad group you know, yeah. he, we're starting to get there. He has lost to Shingo, Abushi, and Kenta. He's only beaten Tangaloa. You know, at least he beat Tangaloa. That's true. <laughs> but he, but he is. We are start. We are sunsetting Ishii right now. That's what's happening. Um, In the arms of the angels. Oh my God. Goodbye, Tomohiro Ishii. It was a good run. Uh, B B. I think. 
B. Yeah, I was going to go with B. B. Which I've went three straight Bs, but I think he's been solid enough. I think he's been solid. Really what makes me a B is that it's been a disappointing solid. Like you want – Ishii is known for having – I mean, not to you, but known to having like <laughs> great matches. Uh, so him having like okay, gr- you know, good matches, not like great matches, all time. Well, he had a great match. Oh. He had a great match of Shingo. But yeah. uh, but he hasn't had like all time matches every single night. Literally never has had an all time match. How dare you, Tonga Loa? <laughs> Tonga Loa, fucking D minus. He's terrible. He has only <laughs> lost to Okan, Yano, and Ishii. He's like not good. He should not be like he is more. I think he's okay, this, fine. But... This is gonna sound like really mean, but he does. He belongs less in this tournament than Chase Owens. I would, yeah. I would say Tangalo is probably the weakest of the entire tournament. Yeah, I can agree to that. Like, his matches have not been good. He's made. So I, I was talking to someone the other day that like he's making, um, Tama Tonga seem like Kenta Kobashi in terms of like he's been so bad that Tama Tonga seems so good. <laughs> Hey, I mean, Tamatanga needed that, man. <laughs> so I'm not gonna. They were talking blocks, man. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, moving right we're along. Complimenting him. Naito, we obviously can't discuss because he's what out. a loser. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> he's injured, man. I know, poor guy. I'm very sad about that. We got three uh, minutes to wrap up the show, so we're gonna blow through this. Ready? I mean, we can go like five minutes over. Okay, then I'm gonna go ten minutes over. Uh, Kazuchika Okada in the other block. Uh, he has eight points. He is undefeated. Uh, Tanahashi, Evil, Yoshihashi, and Goto. A. A as well. I would say I A+. I never plus. want Okada to lose. I should say A+, plus, honestly. <laughs> I would love if they just went with the undefeated tournament. That would be awesome. I think if you're going to do that any tournament, this would be a good one to do that for. For any of these guys, I think. And especially in this block. Like, I think once he got through evil, I was like, okay, so, like, you have a chance here to just run the... Because evil's a guy that you can, you know, cheat him, cheat evil into a win against Okada. But I think you go undefeated. Speaking of guys undefeated, Jeff Cobb, also eight points. He's beaten Owens, Yoshihashi, Goto, and Tamatanga. Now, he's different because he's not fa- he hasn't faced Tanahashi or Evil yet, so those could be losses for a Jeff Cobb. But I really like this idea of having both guys going yes. undefeated, and we already know on the final night they're against each other again. I, mean, I agree. That's where I thought, too. I, oh, by the way, Jeff Cobb's great, A-. minus. I think he's been awesome. Me as uh, well. I think. I think uh... He's pulled out great matches of those four dudes that he's faced. I think for a lot of us, it took a couple years for Jeff Cobb to fully feel right in New Japan because he was still doing the Ring of Honor stuff, too, at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but now that he's went full New Japan, he has been awesome. Um, he has been what's kept the United Empire afloat. Yeah. I honestly forget he's even in that group um, because he just seems like his own commodity in a sense. Like if he was not in a faction, I think he'd be even better off somehow. Uh, because he's ju- he just has that presence about him now, um, but definitely a- did I say a minus? Yes. Yeah, a minus. He still has the best matches of his tournament, I think, to come. I'm really intrigued by him and Evil. Yeah, I'm intrigued by him and Evil a lot too, just because I mean, Evil has, has been weird this tournament. I, I, we'll get to him, I guess. But yeah, I'm very intrigued to see 
I would love. I would pr- so love if we just do straight up. I also undefeated. love the tour of the islands. It's a great move. Heal Jeff it's, Cobb is great, and I think it also yeah. that was part of it is that we needed to get the heal Jeff Cobb. Um, speaking of not a heel, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, Go Ace. Six points. He's beaten Goto, Tonga, Sonata, uh, and he has lost to Okada. I love U.S. Hiroshi. champ. U.S. I, champ. I, I I just love Tanahashi. Like he can't do anything wrong. Uh, I want B plus. I'm not gonna like you know just be the ultimate like fan here and give him an A because I feel like it. I think um he's wrestled some good matches. His match with Goto left me wanting more mm-hmm. um, because I think those two you know have a phenomenal match in them we've you know seen it before and they rarely wrestle anymore but um yeah i I would say he also pulled out a great match out of tonga as well yeah right well that's the tanahashi thing his match with goto wasn't bad it just i know that could have been better he pulled out a great match with tonga him and okada turned back the clock which was awesome because just like the happiness those two had sharing the ring together was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll go with B plus. I think he's been great. Evil. Uh, I'm going to give Hiroshi Tanahashi a B plus as well. Evil, six points, Yoshihashi, Taichi, and Owens. And he's lost to Okada. I've enjoyed Evil. Is that bad? <laughs> I kind of I have two. It, it, <laughs> he's still doing the heel stuff. And it's not you know, nearly as bad. It doesn't feel nearly as bad. And maybe it's just because it's like he's like the second match of a tournament. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, him and Yoshihashi killed it. And then I told I thought, you. What did I tell you? Yeah, you were right. I was shocked by how right. Well, you weren't. The well, hold on. Hold on. You're never shocked about how right I am because well, that happens no, all the time. To be fair, this is evil. Like, come on. In uh, like evil matches, he had a match with Shingo and I didn't love it. So that tells you a lot. Uh, but I thought this, you know, maybe it's because the matches aren't going as long either. They're not going over 30 minutes of, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. Uh, his match with Yoshihashi was good. I enjoyed his match with Okada. I don't think that was offensive to me in any way. Um, who did he just wrestle? Owens. He, you, you did not watch the Owens match. Uh, I did watch that. Oh, you did? I watched Evil versus Chase Owens. I actually thought, uh, wait a minute, did I? That would, I watched that this morning, so you must. You no, I didn't watch that. What? Who's his third match? Tai Chi. I really enjoyed that match. I like Tai Chi a lot. I mm-hmm. random thing, but I thought they did pretty good, all things considered. And the sadisticness of uh, Dick Togo grabbing—I always forget Tai Chi's the girl with Tai Chi's name. Um, but he grabs her and Miho like makes Abe. her. Miho yes, Abe. makes her watch as evils making. Tai Chi go to sleep. I was like, yeah, see, this is a heel. This is the type of heel stuff Evil should be doing. Um, I've really enjoyed Evil's tournament, so I'm going to give it a B plus. Yeah, Evil should be less of a dickling and more of like an actual torture, brutal guy. More of a Togo thing. Yeah. Um, you said dickling, so dick Togo. Very that, nice. The Togo thing made no sense, but you liked it. Speaking of random, Tai Chi, <laughs> number four. Love tai Chi. Goto and Sonata is who he has beaten, and he's lost to Evil and Yoshihashi. Put some goddamn respect on the dangerous techers, people. Put some respect. Tai Chi has been um, rest. He's been so good since they became a team. I think in my like, I think his overall improvement has been awesome. I think. Um, he wrestled some good matches so far. I'm going to give him a nice B. 
Nice B, but Tai Chi matches are actually matches I look forward to, which if you, I said that two years ago, I would be laughing in my own face. Yeah, no, Tai Chi has definitely found something. It's turned it all around here. Um, Tama Tonga uh, with two points. He has beaten Chase Owens. He has lost to Sonata, Tanahashi, and Cobb. Tama Tonga, a guy that is surprisingly doing better. All it took was to take off that compression shirt, uh, and he is... <laughs> Honestly, been doing a great job for. I mean, obviously, you know, he's not doing five star classics. He's not doing four star classics, but doing what you know, the bar was down below. So he's the bar he's was two star classics. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's getting. Uh, I think personally, he's getting like consistent threes, which is what you can ask of a guy in his spot. Um, he's solid. Yeah, I think he's been very solid. Uh, very uh, I should solid. probably give a grade. I'll give B minus, which I don't think is I think is over what anyone expected out of him. And yeah. he's not doing a lot of heel stuff, which I think is helping. Like in his, what was the tournament where like it was him versus the elite or whatever? That was terrible. So like I always think of that mm-hmm. when he got disqualified like a million yes. times. Yes. Like so, anything is better than that. Yeah, and I think that's what people were probably expecting too. I think yeah. he's I, I, actually wrestling. Yeah, he's actually wrestling, which I'd love to see. Uh, Chase Owens, zero points. He's lost to Cobb, Tonga, Sonata, and Evil. This is going to come as a surprise, but I'm not going to give him anything below a C minus. I'm going to give him a C minus. <laughs> I think he's been fine. I I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think he's I think he has hit he has clicked into a different gear, which I've enjoyed. I watched Jeff Cobb kill him, so that was cool. That is that is very cool. But I think he is in he's hit a gear, a yeah. gear switch that I'm enjoying. Yeah. He's not like, he, like I said, saying of Tomatonga. He's not the best person in this entire tournament. He's not no, the worst. The B- okay, so this good. might be a hot take, but I think the B block has consistently been more entertaining than the A block. Yes, no, not a hot take with me. I completely 100% agree. Which is crazy because, like, everyone was like, oh, that's the terrible block. But I I think Evil picking up his game, Tamatonga picking up his game, and Chase Owens not being an embarrassment to the tournament has helped because it was those three. It was the Bullet Club that had people very wary about what was going to happen. So I'm happy you're in agreement with me. Yeah, I think I think it's also the same thing. I talked about the same thing in terms of match ratings. Is that uh, anything where it's like my expectations are the bottom of the shits, uh, and you're elevating that to a, doing a great job? I immediately like, oh man, you've impressed me. That's I liked being impressed. I like seeing things that's like, oh, you did better than I expected. I congratulate that. I throw your flowers to that. Yeah. Um, so exactly. I appreciate it. Bottom of the barrel. Speaking of, speaking of the bottom of the shits, Hiroki Goto. Bottom of the barrel here. Uh, zero points. He's lost to Taichi, Tanahashi, Cobb, and Okada. He'll probably did we skip Sonata. We did. We did skip Sonata. We did skip Sonata. We'll do Goto first. We'll do Goto. I was sitting here. I was like, I was like, oh, who? So Sonata's got more points than zero. <laughs> I just watched him win yesterday. <laughs> um, My apologies, yeah, but people. Goto, man, it's so sad to see him. You know, be lower than Tamatanga, but. You know, the sun setting, the sun, the sunset like years ago. I, I think uh, I think Goto has sunset more than Ishii. Like Goto started the sunset oh, yeah. last year. Um, you know, it's really sad, though. He's younger than Tanahashi. 
like he's young I, and i know the very different situation very different yeah. like tanahashi debatably has had like one of his best years this year in like a resurgence year when they need him the most mm-hmm. but uh it's very sad because i think a lot of us can agree that goto he deserved a run he did in all these years he deserved one run with that title and it just never worked out he um, he was not at a good he no. was caught in between a bad time you know he was, he's yeah. a guy out of time basically Yep, yep. If he was there during the bad years, he would have been champion easily. Like, he would have been... If he was there... If his prime came in the 2000s... Yeah. Wait, you know, because he won his first G1 in 2007 or 8. One of those two yeah. years. Um, if he, you know... First, that first was, G1 he was ever in. Right. If that was at the head of the tournament, like ahead of the decade... I think he has an IWGP title reign in there easily uh, because it's just a shame. But, you know, good tournament. I, he's having good matches still. Um, I'll go with B. He's very average. I'm going to say C+. Plus. I, very I, I'm sad. Kind of, I've been kind of disappointed by some of his stuff because I'm expecting the big things. I think so. he's gotten really used to the trios. Like, he's, like, I know they say that on commentary, but I think he's legitimately got – more use to the trios. I'm going to go back to B minus. You okay. you make a good point that like I wanted so much more out of that Tanahashi match. Speaking of wanting so much more, Sonata. Uh, I forgot. Skipped him. So we go back up. That. Four points. Tonga and Owens, and he's lost to Taichi and Tanahashi. How dare you say that about Sonata? Take it back. Uh, I'm just saying. Sonata's people so people expect him to be a champion, but uh, I still be- expect him to be a champion. Um. I, it's so weird that they do commentary talking about Sonata as in like he starts off flat because it's pretty much acknowledging what people feel with Sonata in his matches is that sometimes he can be at the very top of his games, but other times he does show up and doesn't fully perform. Yeah. And it's really weird that they acknowledge that on commentary. Like I was not noticing the other day and I was like, wow. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with B. I think I've probably liked him more than you um, this term, but I've also not, I'm not fully caught up. So uh, maybe the most recent match that I missed of his was just really bad or something. Uh, I know he fought Okada today. So that, is always something. <laughs> that is always something. That is that true. Is, and and their G one matches have consistently been good. Yes, uh, I could see. I could see Sonata win that. I think if Sonata lost that today, I have no idea. By the way, I have no clue. I forgot to show you what happened. If Sonata wins that, this is like I. To, okay, let me refresh. I think this is the last chance for Okada to lose before the final. Not including Jeff Cobb. You're saying before right, the right, final right, final right, night. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think this is the last chance for him to lose. Yeah, unless it's like some spoiler out of nowhere from like Taichi or something, you know, or Tama. Yeah. Tama, you know, like, it, yeah. It, that. that better not happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that uh, this is, Sonata is just such a weird wrestler because I think he, at his best, he's very, very, very good, but 
unfortunately he doesn't always bring his best which is a shame and you know skull end is i was really hoping he beat chase owens with skull end so i could laugh at him yeah um that is it for the show folks we're in that's it we, we didn't do yoshihashi jerk we did did i skip yoshihashi too yes how dare you I, I so what happened was i'm just trying to focus on getting you out of here because we're 10 no, minutes 12 my, minutes past my 11. no it's fine i gotta extend it i gotta extend the time perfect we're all good we're in overtime uh yoshihashi then you talk about him you got he has uh how many points does this scrub have two points you beat taichi and he's what? lost to evil Kabuto. Call Yoshihashi a scrub. Look, man, I'm just mad now. You talk about this dude. Why are you so mad at Yoshihashi? I'm mad at you, man. For me skipping things, I'm mad at you. So I'm taking out a Yoshihashi. I don't think it's my fault that you <laughs> skip things. Uh, I don't even have a dock in my head, and I, in my face, I'm remembering these things. Uh, Yoshihashi, man, how how half tournament? You know, he's not he's not supposed to be doing this good, like in terms of like match quality. But like every Yoshihashi match, you want to see because I feel like he set a precedent with that evil match. Like he yeah. made it, he made it known, hey, I'm here to I'm here to show out, and uh, he's been doing really good. So I'm gonna give him B minus. I'm going to give him a solid B. I've enjoyed Yoshihashi. I think since the pandemic, since they returned from the pandemic, Yoshihashi has really stepped up his game. Uh, I think he's been doing a great job. Uh, Evil and Yoshihashi are just great together. What's great about their connection is that Yoshi or is that Evil sells the butterfly lock so well. Um, Evil's good. I just want to like put this out there. No, he's evil. evil. He's evil. He's not good. He's evil. When it comes to wrestling, Evil's actually like good at wrestling. It's just like the role he's in. Yeah. He's not always allowed to be good at wrestling. So uh, like I understand like why people dislike him and he's still very popular. Like in I think they were saying how the House of Torture shirt is in like the top sales or something. Yeah. Like this dude, like he might do stupid things that annoy the crap out of everyone, but that's the point. <laughs> like at the at the end of the day, that's the point. Like he's, I know a lot of people are here for the work rate and the, you know, five star or four star matches. But listen, Evil's gonna do his shit. Yeah. And sometimes you're gonna get lucky. You're gonna put on a really good match, and because he can and he has. And I do miss the days of Lij Evil. I like how instead of talking about Yoshihashi, we talk about Evil. Yeah. Yeah, we got. I had to get more evil uh, talk in here because everything is evil. Is there any other people I missed, or are we done? No, I think you got everyone. <laughs> you said you said Chase Owens, you got Tamatonga, but you forgot Yoshihashi and Sonata. Look, man, that that might actually be like a crime. Remember, remember when we did our very first episode, and we and we were like just giving our general thoughts about different promotions, and I totally forgot to talk about New Japan. <laughs> Yes, yes, I do, which is very funny because, like, I think you like New Japan more than I like New Japan. <laughs> but, it, it, but what I'm saying is, is I've set a precedent from the beginning that I have everything prepared, but I just, like, skip things. We're just becoming an evil podcast anyways. It's an evil and Adam Cole podcast. Ring, ring post evil. Ring, ring evil radio. <laughs> ring evil radio. Evil, evil post evil boom radio. <laughs> 
Baby. I'm baby. Out in the baby on the end. <laughs> Plugs. Match of the week. Scotty, what do you what do you want the people to watch and where do you want people to see? I want you to on? follow me at Scott E Wrestling on the Twitter. What is my match of the week? One second. Get a load. Um what did I enjoy? I have quite the surprising match of the week as I look at my ratings. Brian Danielson versus Nick Jackson was good, but that was not my highest rated match. If you say it's Dante Martin and Matt Seidel, I'm going to fight you. No, it is not. Okay, good. Because I saw a lot of people really loving that match, and I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, did I even watch wrestling this week? Oh boy, guys, this... you gotta come prepared. What am I talking? What are we doing, Scotty? You gotta come. I usually, I usually am. I know fair, it's the recliner is... energy. Which? Mm. <laughs> oh, this is you falling asleep because you didn't get any sleep last night. What a rush! Do uh, you go first? <laughs> sure. You can follow me at Ryan Knightsey on Twitter. Um, my... Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole. Jungle Boy versus Adam Cole. Mm, yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Jungle Boy lost again. So there we go. Yeah. You got to keep the we, thing going. We called it too. You and I were like, oh, but he's losing it. And we just both laughed. He could. I, I, they keep putting him in matches he can't win. Like he's not allowed to win them. <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, it, I, I'm so. I'm still shocked. We didn't even talk about Sammy Guevara winning a damn belt, by no. the way, um, which is whatever. Uh, which would have been a spot for Jungle Boy that would have made sense as a big win, but they're like, nah, nah no, no. And then Jungle Boy will challenge Sammy Guevara at some point. Should be a great match, and then he'll but lose it. So I do have a fun story, um, real quick before I let you do your match of the week and whatnot. Um, so my friend, who's a big Adam Cole fan, uh, but mostly because he watched the Up Up Down Down Uno more than anything, but he's a big Adam Cole fan. He, he's a big. Um, he's a, sorry. He's a big Chugs. He's yeah, part of the Chugs a, army. So he always texts me and says, "I can't believe Adam Cole and Chugs are the same person." Because like, for those who don't know, Adam Cole might be the nicest guy in the whole entire world, but when he's a wrestler, he's an absolute dick, and he's very good at that too. Uh, but he watched the Adam Cole Jungle Boy match, which he doesn't. He I don't know if he's ever watched AEW before that. Adam Cole brought him over. Adam Cole over. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> gotta get that in. But he goes. He's like, listen, Jungle Boy's gotta like win because this guy's awesome. And I was like, dude, tell my tell my uh, co-host. Yeah. <laughs> like he he agrees that like Jungle Boy should be winning. Like and something. He was, like, Give him well, he was, something. He made the point. He's like, Jungle Boy should be like a massive star. What are we doing here? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know because I think everyone agrees like he should be and he will be. But like yeah. at the same time, how many times can you be a loser and become a star? Uh, which is, you know, the Ryan Knightsey rant of the year. Yeah. But I don't know if you'll ever top that. <laughs> It's just, what are we doing with this guy? <laughs> Give him a, a, a signature win. His only wins against MGF, and then he lost again against him on the rematch. So, what? Give him who, something. Who Let, would you have him something. beat? What would you do to give him a big win? Like at this point, after all these losses, what would what would be your booking idea to get him that big win? Because I have no idea. Have him win the tag titles. Have him win the tag titles of Luchasaurus. That's all you had to do, and now we're too, now we can't now we're not going like, to do it. I feel like we've flown the coop on that. I know I that's like what I mean. Had, like we had their massive popularity, and now that's gone. Like they have, 
that is like one of the weird booking decisions the, in AEW. This is what I'll like, say. This is what I'll say. Trios titles, Super Click versus Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Christian, or Marco, or whatever. Jungle Boy gets the win by pinning Adam Cole. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's let's start there. Let's I hope you know that they'd probably lose the title like a week after. But yeah, they're gonna lose it to Goto, Ishii, and Yoshihashi. Goated team right there. They don't lose. They don't uh, lose. Now they're actually gonna lose to the new day because wrestling is now forbidden door wide open. Uh no, but okay, trios win for Jungle Boy. How did we get here? Matt, here, Matt. my plugs <laughs> my plugs boom. Are uh is going to be Kazuchika Okada versus Yoshihashi. Uh, I didn't watch that yet. That's not my fault. Uh, from night six, I thought that was a very good match from these two individuals. Yoshihashi is good. He is certified good, and against Okada, I thought he put in a great match. <laughs> he is certified. Hashtag good. You can follow the network at CountOutPod. You can subscribe. If you can please subscribe to our show, Ring Post Radio, wherever podcasts can be found, uh, especially if you can leave a review on iTunes or leave a five-star review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. It helps the show immensely. Uh, we also got some merch in the CountOutPod website merch stores. We got some stickers in there if you'd like to purchase a Ring Post Radio sticker. I mean, love a nice sticker. And we might have some t-shirts or something eventually, but you know, let's let's uh see where we get. Let's see where we go to. Yeah, and I'll say Ring Post Radio. Baby. Mm-hmm. And it'll be uh, both of us doing 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 yeah. that or whatever. And then and then we'll have one and then we'll have one that's evil. And it'll be evil post radio. Yeah. Baby. That will be great because if you listen to only this one episode where we ever bring it up. And we're gonna have one. Yeah. We're gonna have one T-shirt where on the back is my entire Jungle Boy rant. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a Count Out podcast.